Papua New Guinea is known as the land of a thousand tribes, and it's home to more than 800 languages. But there's one language that unites everyone and is the most widely spoken in the country, Tok Pisin. It's popular not just among locals, but also with visitors, even with the Prince of Wales speaking some Tok Pisin when visiting the PNG recently. Last year, the Australian National University began offering a course in Tok Pisin, and our PNG correspondent Natalie Whiting has enrolled this year to improve her grasp of the language. Natalie believes Tok Pisin is not only a great gateway to communicating better, but also to better understanding aspects of PNG culture. Good day, Nembalong me Natalie. Me stop long Port Moresby, Tasso me no save good long Tok Pisin. What I just said was, hello, my name is Natalie and I live in Port Moresby, but I don't speak Tok Pisin well. That's something I'm hoping to change. Hello and welcome everybody to this new course in Talk Person. This course consists of 12 units all together, each covering at least... Talk Person is one of Papua New Guinea's national languages and the most widely spoken throughout the country. Last year, the Australian National University started offering an online course in it and I've signed up to start classes. The conversations are short question and answer type pieces of... Papua New Guinea has incredible diversity. It's often called the land of a thousand tribes. And with that comes numerous different languages. So I asked my new lecturer, Jenny Homerang, about the importance of Tok Pisin to PNG. Papua New Guinea has over 860 languages in the country and, you know, great cultural diversity. I see Tokpasin as a gift to the nation, basically because it has brought many, many, many different people from different, who speak different languages to be able to communicate through this one language and bring them together and to understand each other. Many people in Papua New Guinea will speak their local language, Tokpisin and English. Ms Homerang says Tokpisin started as a form of communication between Papua New Guineans and early Europeans who were passing through. She says it developed further in the 19th century when Pacific people were taken as indentured labour. So they took them to come and work on the plantations, the sugar plantations in Queensland, because they were from different parts. You know, they started speaking um, in this, this Tokpisin language and it, it was more more like a pigeon, and then it developed into a creole. Yes, I think some people can underestimate Tok Pisin. I think I certainly did before I moved to PNG. Um, and, and people seem to think that it is just pigeon English, but it is its own language. Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, during during the colonial times in Papua New Guinea, Tok Pisin was spoken a lot by the, the local people, the natives, and it was very interesting how the... Uh, the some of the Australians, they discouraged it very much. They didn't want that the, the language to be to be spoken because they saw it as, as broken English. But Tokpasin actually has its own grammar structure and it, it, it is a language in its own right. Nowadays, many Australian diplomats are trained in Tokpasin before they move to PNG. The Prince of Wales even brought out some during a visit here in 2012. Na Olgata House, line belong meal on dispeller, time belong diamond jubilee belong Mrs. Quinn. Me talk pissing all right? But the debate about talk pissing hasn't gone away. 
There are some people in PNG who argue that Tokpisin shouldn't be taught and should be replaced by English. Ms Homerang doesn't agree with that. She thinks there's room for both, along with people's local languages. That's where a lot of the concern comes from. Some people are worried Tokpisin is crowding out traditional languages. One of the things that I, I, I noticed that's happening in PNG, we now have over 100,000 people who actually speak Tokpisin as their first language. And we have also about, I think, 11 languages that are now extinct in PNG. The mobility of people moving back and forth and people, you know, intermarrying and marrying from other parts of the country. So Tokpisin becomes the language where, you know, two parents from different parts of the country, they use Tokpisin to speak to their children. It's, some people say it's overtaking their vernacular. And that is a, a big discussion that I've heard happening a lot here in PNG. There is real concern about people not knowing their, their talk place or the language of their place. Yeah, it's a very important discussion for Papua New Guineans and also I think for the, the government of Papua New Guinea to actually to look at the policy, their language policy in the country. We have many issues in Papua New Guinea and one of those big issues that we have in Papua New Guinea is, is about land and how people argue over land and how we settle land disputes. And I was at this land dispute and there was a person that couldn't speak the vernacular and was speaking in English and a lot of people basically disregarded his claim for ownership of a particular piece of land. In that instance, it, you know, it dawned on me that knowing your language is very, very important. Does that make it difficult for children to have to learn their, their local language, Tokpisin and English? Coming from a, a country that has so many languages, a lot of uh, children are actually very, uh, tri they're trilingual. So they can pick up languages very quickly. It's the focus and the degree in which you focus the, the children on what languages to speak first. In my place in New Ireland, where I was growing up, our elders actually made sure that we spoke our vernacular, the Nalik language, very fluently before we, we actually spoke Tokpasan in English. And then with those three, in a way, by doing that, we got very good in-depth understanding of the three languages all at once. I've been in PNG for more than a year now and I haven't learned as much Tokpisin as I would like, which is why I've signed up for ANU's course. I'm far from the only one showing an interest. As PNG and the Pacific receive more global attention amid geopolitical contests and an ongoing battle for influence, there's been an increased interest in the local languages. Beijing has announced a plan to start teaching seven languages from the region, including Tokpisin, at a local university. You know, seeing that the Pacific is now sort of focus is there at the moment with many, many different issues and, you know, relationships that Papua New Guinea and other countries are forging with that nation. You know, knowing the language that bridges all the people in Papua New Guinea is, is very, very important because we use the language to feel like we are, we are insiders, we are part of the, the country to be able to communicate better, to understand people better and, you know, to understand all these issues better. And through the language, I think we can forge better relationships as well. Now, I am enrolled. I'm about to start 
lessons with you, (laughs) what tips can you give me? That if you put time aside every day and just at least practice like 15 minutes a day or, you know, 20 minutes a day and, and do your do all your homework. That's my my point, you know, my tip for my students. And I have no excuse not to practice. I think I'm going to have to ask some of my uh, my colleagues and friends here to to start speaking to me just in talk pisson, perhaps for certain parts of the day. I hope that uh, you will enjoy learning talk pisson, and I look forward to actually teaching you. Jenny Homerang from the Australian National University, ending that report there from our PNG correspondent and new ANU student, Natalie Whiting.